So I was I was reflecting on just the new year and us entering into a new season earlier on in the week, and I I was just struck again that this year has been the strangest new year that I've ever had. You know, new year is usually marked with excitement. Um, people have New Year's resolutions of things that they're going to stop doing and things they're going to start doing. There are plans for this new season that is to come, but this new year has been very different. It's kind of felt interrupted, you know, it's, and so it's a very subdued entry into this new season. It kind of feels like 2021 is just the sequel to 2020 in, in more ways than one. And, and so I think part of what comes out of this is also that some people just feel stuck. It feels as though there is nothing that we can do. We feel like there's something that needs to happen, um, something that we need beyond just the vaccine. Um, it feels like there's some way that we need to be before we can accomplish anything in this new season. And so I would like for us just for the next few minutes um, to consider a character in the Bible who is not that well-known, but he was able to accomplish something of significance because of the approach that he took. And I want to consider this approach that he took by considering three principles that become evident when we look a bit deeper at this, at this particular character. I'll try to get to the point as quickly as I can. And just also let me say, I've heard two sermons before preached about this particular character, and they were exactly the same. And I thought that the, those points that were raised um, um, that I had heard before were so um, helpful for us in the season that we are now that I thought we could reflect on some of those, on those as well. So this character that we're going to look at is only mentioned in two verses of scripture in the book of Judges. And there's actually a limited amount of info that we have about him that becomes evident when you read through it. And we'll look at what we can learn from him through this little bit of information that gets given. Now, the name of this character is Shamgar. And he is mentioned in Judges. And in Judges chapter 3 and verse 31, and in Judges chapter 5 and verse 56, just two verses, so I'll read them for us quickly. So Judges 3.31 says, After him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, who killed 600 of the Philistines with an ox goad, and he also saved Israel. So that's 3.31, and then there's 5, verse 6, which says, In the days of Shamgar, son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were abandoned and travelers kept to the byways. So that is all the information that we are given about this particular character called Shamgar. So we are told that um, Shamgar's leadership followed after another dude named Ehud. This guy Shamgar was the son of someone called Anath. Um, he killed 600 Philistines with an ox goad, while the highways were places that were being avoided. 
And finally, he saved Israel. Now, what we know about him outside of Scripture, historical events tell us that Shamgar became the third judge of Israel, whose heroic actions led to peace in Israel for an unspecified period of time. Now, what is significant to me is that Shamgar, he wasn't an Israelite. Now, we know this from his name. Shamgar isn't a Hebrew name. And what's more is that he is defined as the son of Anath or Anath, which clearly means that he was not a member of one of the 12 tribes of Israel. So what's interesting is that God used a foreigner to save Israel. We won't go deeper into that, but we'd rather consider three other things that I think are are quite interesting. I'd like us to look at how Shamgar went about becoming someone able to accomplish something of significance for God. So we look at how did he do it? How did he save Israel? And we're going to look at three points. Now, before I mention the first point, I just want you to understand the context of the time in which this story is set with this character, Shamgar. So Shamgar, he lived during the time when it was shortly after Joshua had died and the Philistines had invaded the land that had been given to Israel. And it appears that Shamgar had, in a sense, joined this resistance movement against these Philistines who were slowly encroaching in on the land. And the culmination of this is what is that he was made a judge over Israel. So the first point to note is this. Shamgar started where he was. Shamgar started where he was. One of the things that we deduce from the information that we were, we were given is that Shamgar was probably a farmer. If he was in the military or if he was a soldier, he would no doubt have had a spear or a sword and a shield or possibly armor. And this would have been mentioned, but it's not mentioned. And if at this point in time, he was already a judge, judges were temporary leaders for the people. At this point, he may have had a small unit of soldiers at his disposal. But it's significant that scripture mentions only that he used a piece of equipment that is used only on a farm. And that's an ox god. So the first point is that Shamgar, he started where he was and he started on his farm. Now, in biblical times, in the military, soldiers were always stationed in twos. And the setting back then would have been that the Philistines had come into Israel's territory and they would have set up strategic points in the land possibly like um, like the curfew points that government has set up now during lockdown <laughs> to limit the movement of people. So like if you probably went to, you tried to go to Musenberg around this time, it's close to curfew, you might get a roadblock on the M5. So something like that. It actually says in chapter 5 and verse 6, nobody could move around freely. So anybody who traveled around actually had to use the back roads. You couldn't use the main roads or the highways. And so we could figure 
that every now and then when, the, when a, a Philistine soldier had to move from one point of duty to the assigned point, they, would, they could have taken a shortcut. And the shortcut would have led them across Shamgar's property, across his land. And then Shamgar would have picked them off two by two. Now, it's not likely that he would have killed all of the 600 men that's recorded in one go. I think there would, there would have been a bigger fuss made of him in scripture as there is about other guys who killed a whole lot of guys. So, so it's reasonable to believe, I think, that Shamgar killed those 600 Philistines on his own land. So he started where he was. That's the first point. The second point is this. Shamgar used what he had. Scripture tells us that he used an ox goad to kill 600 Philistines. Now, an ox goad is a traditional farming implement that is used to, um, to spur or to guide livestock, usually oxen, cows, which are pulling a plow or a cart, um, used also to round up cattle. So it's a type of a long stick with a pointed end, and some of them may have a little hook at the end. Um, and, and today we have what we call cattle prods. So it was something like that. Now, it's a very unusual piece of equipment used to accomplish what Shamgar ended up accomplishing. One would expect the use of a sword to kill 600 guys or a spear or some weapon built for the purpose of combat, but it's not. It's just an ox goat. And so God was able to use this person who, when we reflect on it in terms of what the Israelites were wanting to accomplish with these Philistines, God uses this person who was in the wrong place with the wrong tool, the wrong piece of equipment. Yet he was able to accomplish something of greatness. And this is something that we see throughout scripture. We see God doing, we see Moses using his staff. Moses made water come out of a rock. Um, he split the Red Sea open just using this long stick. Rahab used a rope to help the spies escape. Samson used the jawbone of a donkey. David had a sling with five stones. In the New Testament, we read about the widow who just had two mites. There's the little boy who had five loaves and two fish. So we see throughout scripture, God using people who seem to be in the wrong place with the wrong equipment, yet he is still able to do great things. And I believe that God has given each one of us something unique to use. And nobody has what you have. God has given everyone something, but no one everything. So that was the second thing. God, God enables us to use what we have, and Shamgar used what he had. The third one, the final point is this. 
Shamgar, he did what he could. Now, it doesn't appear when we read those two verses and we give it some real thought that Shamgar launched a major operation with enormous resources and devoted countless hours to achieve what he did. No, he did what he could. He was on his farm handling his business when some Philistine soldiers crossed his land and he seized the opportunity and he did what he could and God was with him. And so it was probably a slow process of consistent action that led him to success that would see him becoming a judge later on. And as it turned out, Shamgar was so good at starting where he was, using what he had and doing what he could, that he was asked to be a judge in Israel. And that also made him deservant of being mentioned in Scripture. Now, when I think about us, I think that all that God could ever ask of us All that God could ever ask of you is to start where you are, to use what you have, and to do what you can do. And I don't believe that God ever asks us to do anything more than that. And that's because he is always with us. And he's always adding something to what we are able to do, to bring what we are doing to its fullness in terms of bringing his will to completion. And so if we look at where we are now, we are stuck at home on lockdown with a restricted amount of movement allowed. Protocols are in place to stop the spread of the virus. So you can ask yourself the question, even as you reflect on Shango right now, what can you do with what you have where you are right now? And when I even think about Jesus, uh, and, and I try to merge Jesus' context with the story that we read about here in, in Judges, then I see that Jesus even modeled for us these principles when we think about it. Where was Jesus? Jesus was in a small fishing village outside Jerusalem. What did Jesus have? He had his blood. And what did Jesus do? He died. And what Jesus accomplished when He started where he was, and he used what he had, and he did what he could. When he did that, he had an effect on the entire creation, on the entire universe, and all generations that would come and follow on after him. And so I want us to take some encourage from that this evening. As we step into this new season into this new year, where when we are sitting now and we are taking stock of where we are at, it seems like we are not in the right place. It may seem to you like you don't have what you need. It may feel to you 
like you cannot accomplish much where you are now. But let me say to you that God is able to use the little that you have with you being situated where you are right now to accomplish much. So I want to pray for us now as we find ourselves in the situation where we feel a little bit immobilized and we wonder what exactly is it that God can do through us even while we have now. I want to challenge you to think about what is it that you have right now? What is it that you have that God would be able to use and work through even where you are right now in this difficult situation that we find ourselves in. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you are a faithful God who is slow to anger, but abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that when we reflect on these attributes of who you are, we recognize again that you are present with us, even where we are right now, in our homes, separated from one another. We thank you, Lord, that even while we are here, you are able to do some things in us and through us. And Lord, as we step into this new season, as we step into this new year, we ask, Lord, that you would come and manifest more of those things that you have prepared for us in advance to step into as we enter into this year. Let us not be dormant. Let us not feel immobilized right now. But let us recognize that you, the king, the master of this universe, are still at work. And that your kingdom is still at work. That your kingdom is still being manifest and that you are still able to do much even now. Come and speak to us. Come and work through us even now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.